Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. We're going to chat now about what a parent can do if their child says they don't like themselves. And uh, I'm joined uh, by uh, two parents uh, in the studio, good friends of the Limerick Today show, Sarah Lee Cassidy and Trish Lahan. And uh, good morning to uh, both of you. How are you doing? Um, good morning, Joe. This, this sounds like a tough one. And, you know, I, I, I don't even know what age a child might say this to a mum or dad. It's been said. It has been said and I've been on holidays in Tenerife and had a little girl with her arms wrapped around herself, um, petrified that anybody would see her body. And um, her insecurities had come from a family member who had constantly been telling her that she was overweight or bigger than the other children and stuff like that. Oh, what age was she? Oh, this started at four. At four. Or four. So by the time she got to ten... I only really, really, really noticed it when we went on a sun holiday and she was refusing to wear her um, swim and togs and she was putting t-shirts on and she was doing the whole cuddling herself, walking around the place, shoulders down. And so kind of, you know, as a parent, you can't just turn around to a child and say, listen, this is what you have to do because it doesn't work that way. You have to slowly but surely get these little thoughts out of their head. And I find the best way to do it is you start finding things that you love about them. That she's an awesome reader. She's in the top 2% of the country. She's awesome. She's great at art. She does all these amazing things. So start at that. And then we worked on to, what are you not happy about yourself? You know, and then she started saying, you know, I'm bigger or I'm whatever. So I kind of said, you know what? I don't care what the outside of you looks like. I care about your heart, your liver, your kidneys and your lungs. That's all I care about. And if you're not happy with what you see in the mirror, well, let's do something about it. And I said, you know what? I could get off the couch a bit as well. So we joined the gym and we go swimming and we go cycling and we've joined a rugby team. They've joined Shannon Rugby Rugby Club. And they are, you know, this whole self-image thing is just gone. It literally disappeared within the space of eight weeks. Really? And what do you think the key to it disappearing was? Because... You know, you can tell, my mother used to tell me I was beautiful all the time and I'd go to a nightclub and I'd have roots growing out of my feet and no one had asked me out. You know, and I was constantly, oh, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you've got a vest on, you're beautiful. But it just, when you hear it all the time, it just goes over your head and you still think, you know, you're duck ugly like. But the thing is that when you have a child and they have this little, I have one child who lives in unicorn land and the other one who is, you know, very sensitive and takes everything in. And you, as a parent, you know the triggers for your own child. So you say, listen, I don't care what you look like on the outside. You are stunning. You are just gorgeous and you're great at this. But you know what? I could do with getting up as well. Would you be my, my buddy? And if they see you doing something about it, suddenly it doesn't become an issue. And I see her on a Sunday morning now going out to Shannon Rugby Club. She puts the jersey on, the shorts on. And there is no issue on anyone seeing her legs or her arms. And she's out. And the, the game is... Can we get as dirty as possible, get as many people on the ground as possible and get the sausage roll on the way home? And it's worked. It has actually worked. Fantastic. And for you, Sarah Lee? Well, I I love listening to you. Um, I think that's really true in that you have to kind of not tell your kids they can be anything. You know, like not not that whole kind of like, I call it Americanized optimism. Just give them 
what they aspire to be or find their kind of skills or their niche and, you know, enhance that and encourage that. Um, also, I think it's really important for... I'm very interested <laughs> in what you said there about not uh, telling your kids they can be anything they want. And, and wh- why would you say that? Yeah, well, I suppose, like, you know, if if you have this, like, you know, you can do anything, you can be anything, you know, your kids' aspirations go really high. And then they have to meet that bar. And then they feel feelings of like, oh, I should be at this level or I should be doing this. And then there's feelings of guilt or overwhelm or, you know, stuff like that. Um, I think it's about being real as well, real with your kids, you know, and really engaging with them. Hey, you're really good at this. I see that you have a real talent for this. That's why I love listening to you. You know, it's like it's about kind of like enhancing what they have. Um, Also, I think that a really important question when when. When you brought this subject to my attention, I felt like, okay, what do parents need to look out for in themselves? You know, because a lot of parents are, you know, multitasking and we kind of go into kind of our our own way that we were parented or we kind of fall into that place. So things that parents kind of need to look out for is not listening to your child. So that's huge. I can see from your story, you're listening. So listening to your child, um, not nagging them. Body language. Body language is a huge thing. When you see the shoulders go down and the head go down and you see the types of clothes they're wearing and you just see that there's just no confidence seeping through those pores and it's heartbreaking as a parent. Absolutely. And I think the most important thing is to observe that space where you can actually, you can get your kid out of that space by research has actually been done. And I only discovered this recently through doing different psychology classes and courses. But if you actually reflect back to your kid what they're feeling and you describe the feeling and you put it in a box for them because kids actually can't organise their feelings. They need to have their feelings told to them. This is what's happening. You're feeling upset. You're feeling a level of shame about this. And that actually scientific research is now proven with the brain that actually calms the child down when their feelings are actually organised for them. Okay. Well, we're chatting to Sarah Lee Cassidy and Trish Lahan as part of our parenting panel and, and we're asking, what do you do when a child is saying, I don't like myself? Um, you know, maybe the way I look or maybe it could be more than that. Um, Dr. Gillian moore Grork is a clinical psychologist and a friend of the Limerick Today Show and she's on the line. Good morning to you. Good How, morning, are you? How are you? So, I mean, this is a dilemma and uh, probably more parents face it, maybe even than they themselves realise until they can identify the signs. Sometimes it's more obvious, sometimes it's more subtle, as uh, Trish and Sarah Lee have been saying. I know, and it's very, very, very difficult. But I suppose really it kind of brings us back to what causes this really in children, you know, saying that they're not happy with themselves or that there's some level of dislike. And a lot of the time, you know, listening there to, to, to your last speaker, I think a large, to a large extent, Joe, a lot of this is learned behaviour. Because if you grow up in an environment where parents themselves constantly put themselves down, you're more likely to mirror that within yourself. A lot of the time in clinic, we see kids coming in with various feelings of guilt and a lot of fear, sometimes emotional or even physical abuse and these are the main reasons really but to a large extent I think and I think many parents and as a parent myself we're all guilty sometimes of putting ourselves down so what we say and what we do has a huge influence on our children. Mm. 
Um, how much of it, Gillian, do you think is the social media environment or has this always existed? I think to a large extent it's always existed, but it's obviously compounded now by the, the likes of Instagram and, you know, how people look and, and, and you know, whether people get a lot of likes on Facebook or whatever, you know. So the, 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 the exposure of children to society is far greater than it was. Um, and that, again, puts a lot of pressure on people. And that sense of perfectionism that's out there, I think social media has an awful lot to answer for that. But again, I think, you know, it's important for parents to, to, to be level, really, and not to kind of base your love on your children's achievements. And again, listening to your previous speaker, you know, tell your children what they're good at. I mean, you know, your love shouldn't be based on your kids' achievements like high grades, um, or things that they've won, um, you know, it really is about spending the time talking to your child. Um, and, you know, if if you feel that within the family yourself that the problem cannot be solved, then it's time to go to a professional for help. Because a lot of the time, Joe, you know, um, we can give our kids a lot of mixed messages. You can tell them at one level they're so smart or so good about something, and then in the height of a temper or a disagreement, you could tell them, how the hell can you be so stupid? Mm. Um, or you'll say things like, I'm really proud of you. And then the next thing is, you'll say, shame on you for doing it, or that's disgusting, or what the hell are you doing? So the language we use very much influences um, the whole thought process and yeah. influences the feelings and then the behaviour, which is the basic, if you like, the scientific model behind that is cognitive behavioural therapy. So what we think influences our thoughts and influences our feelings. And you're in that vicious cycle then if you're thinking negatively. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, Trish, is, you know, the, the two aspects to this. It could be uh, unhappiness uh, a child might have with their outward appearance, mm. but sometimes it is to do with what's inside and they... You know, they don't seem to like themselves as individuals. Well, you know, as a as a species, you know, we we all try to fit in. We all want to be part of a gang and we all want to be part of a pack. But we also want to be special. And sometimes when you're part of that pack and you're not seen as special by other people, that gives you thoughts of, why aren't I special? But you're delighted you're part of the pack, but you still want to shine. And I was thinking when, when you're... you're contributor was saying there, I had a girl go to a gymnastics um, competition in Ennis there two weeks ago. She came fourth. She got a trophy. And I, when she came home, she went, Mom, I got fourth. And I said, yeah, but there was 80 other girls there. And they came home with no trophy. You came home with a trophy. And I said, you know, you got up in front of everybody and did your bendy-wendy or whatever she does. And it, it's painful to watch it. But it's... <laughs> I was so proud of her for getting up in front of all of those people, staring at her and watching her do her thing. Mm. And it wasn't about the piece of plastic she brought home. I just kept saying to her, you got up in front of all those people wearing that and did that. You're awesome. That's so brilliant. The other aspect of it that I wonder about myself, Sarah Lee, is how do you engender an appropriate level of confidence in a child without, as you say, setting the bar too high or turning the child into somebody that none of us would like, i.e. arrogant and, you know, obstreperous and difficult and all of these dilemmas that go on in parenting. Yeah, 
I think from my own experience, it's learning how to become more centred yourself as a parent because, okay, a parent in our experience, we can either go, um, and this is from learning through courses and different parenting classes. I think every parent should go and do a parenting class. It shouldn't be, as the... The lady was speaking. Um, I'm obviously not doing a very good job of introducing you all to each other because it's yeah, to be straight. Yeah, you did a pretty good job. I, I th- I, so okay, let's start again. On the line, we have psychologist Gillian <laughs> oh, Moore Gore, yeah, and Gillian. in here Good we boy. have Sarah Lee Cassidy and Trish Lahan. So I, I hope I've corrected that now. <laughs> Hi, Gillian. Hi, um, ladies. How are you? Um, as Gillian was saying, it's um, it's really about a stage where they get to. We we don't want it to get to that kind of level of where. They, you have to go to get professional help. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of want a preventative kind of system in place. Now, I do want to relay a certain level of frustration that I have with the system, Joe, myself. Um, so I'm, I just kind of want to put a big picture in context. Um, so a HSE report today, it, it came out on the news, you know, through um, disclosed that there was a tenfold increase in medication, psychiatric medication, for under 15-year-olds. Now, that's huge, and that was in the last 10 years, that increase. Now, that's in no way the responsibility necessarily of the parent. That is professional responsibility. Um, and one has to ask why this is happening. Um, also, Tusla reported in 2018 that there has been an increase in school refusal due to anxiety issues. And, you know, what are the real reasons, the social reasons for this? And also the new and latest incentive for for financial reward for parents, you know, sending their kids to school who are actually in school refusal. So all these issues are issues around confidence, self-esteem. So what's interesting is that if a child's confidence is not built at a young age, there is oppositional behaviour. And oppositional behaviour turns into a kind of a... You know, issues like school refusal, mm. issues like anxiety. It becomes a social well, issue. Well, well, on the anxiety medication for under 15s, uh, Gillian, what would you say about that? Well, I only heard about this report on my way to work this morning, Joe, so I haven't looked at it in any great detail. Um, what I would be interested to look at to see would there be any other um, contributing conditions to um, these children taking medication? Because... As a psychologist, I suppose it's definitely, from my perspective, it's the last route I would want to go with any child, you know. I'm just wondering, Joe, as I say, if there was any sort of behavioural issues um, or any of these children with with extreme behavioural difficulties, really, um, that contributed to it. I can't imagine it was just anxiety on its own. There's one other thing I want to ask is we were talking about it in uh, the first hour of the show and that was at what age is it appropriate to leave a child at home alone? And as I mentioned at the start of the hour, we're getting a lot of comments in uh, on that and, and you know, different people with, with different perspectives. What do you think, Trish? Well, again, do you know your kids? Can you trust them? Now, I do not helicopter parent. I am... Um, uh, as I've said before, I was ill for a long time and they were brought up by the other parent. And when I came back, they were they were just parented differently and that was they were very self-aware and they were able to do all their own things. Now, I know my kids and I know if I say no cooker, no kettle, no fire, no toaster, no microwave, I know that that's going to be the case and when I come home that they would be okay. Also, you know, you've got... You've got kids that are babied, 
and I can see it in my own circles, there's children who, there's parents who would say, oh God, I wouldn't leave them for five seconds. And they fell and they did this and whatever. Listen, if you feel that your child is grown up and responsible enough to be able to pick up the phone and WhatsApp you while you're in Tesco's, well, that is your decision. But the thing is, yes, there does have to be a legal age there so people are can feel safe in their decision. Well, well interestingly enough, we were talking is there a legal uh, age? To, to Caroline from the ISPCC and she says there actually isn't a legal age and the reason so she gave for that is because it's so complicated and there are so many factors involved at the appropriate age for a particular child to be left home alone. What do you think, Sarley? Yeah, I think that's that's so interesting um, that there is no actual age. Um, I personally think, okay, that it's a huge it's a huge trust issue it's a, it's an issue between yourself and your kid but also your kids will appreciate you if you give them life skills so it's like for example like i i started to allow my kids go down to the shop at the age of 9 oh, you know you, you, you just you just let them let them go a little you know let them out a little you know start start building that kind of self resilience and self confidence in themselves that they can go out into the world um i my, think i'd find that very hard to do you know no, I, I agree with you, but I think I'd... I'd but sure, Joe, we did it as kids. You know, like, I mean, I remember walking to school in the 1980s. You're joking me. A short skirt to the cold And I'd walk a mile down to school. Do you know? Yeah. And my little white holy socks. Do you remember those holy socks? Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was so easy and there wasn't that. But you see, the thing is that children were being harmed. And then NUI Galway released a report that went to Tusla on the fact that children were being harmed. And then there was a huge revolution of fear-mongering and a, a culture of like, oh, we have to completely cotton wool our kids. So in this watchdog kind of fear-mongering, scary kind of culture where everything is kind of turned into a, a dramatic scenario, you know, we are, we are, as parents, have to be mindful of how we are letting our kids go out into the world. What do you think, Gillian? I, I, I agree, really, in the sense that we, we all know our own children best. And I think one of the greatest gifts that we can give our children is a sense of independence from very early on and I think slow and steady wins the race really you have to try and really reach out and give them a little bit of independence and as you say be it go to the shop or even walk up to the car outside the school or whatever rather than standing there and bringing them up just small little little steps every day will help them towards becoming independent all right. Very, very interesting. Listen, thank you so much to the three of you this morning. I really enjoyed and learned from all of you in that uh, chat. And I'm sure Lemmy Today listeners would feel the same. Thank you to Dr. Gillian Moore-Groke, who's clinical psychologist on the line, and uh, to friends of the show, Sarah Lee Cassidy and Trish Lahan. Thanks, guys. That was Thanks, really, sir. really interesting. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.